resist him, it says. Resist him. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. And so we do resist him and we are. And, and so I call you to wake up. That's what Brother Oral said, His his uh, that it was a message. Well, actually, he didn't say that, but Brother Copeland's saying his, uh, <coughs> excuse me, his, uh, that it was a wake-up call to the church. And one of the things, and you'll hear in the vision tonight that Brother Oral said was, uh, the Lord spoke to him and he said, the, the, peop, the, 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 mm, the world is not ready for my second coming. The church is not ready for my second coming. The uh, Jews are not ready for my second coming and the nations are not ready for my second coming. And so there's a wake up call been sent out for the church. The Bible says in Amos that God doesn't do anything in the earth unless he first tell his prophets. We have a problem in the body of Christ. And I was listening to um, Kim Clement on a, uh, I was actually listening to it on the Internet last night. Kim Clement, a prophet uh, of God. And uh, five years before 911, he prophesied it. 1996, he prophesied in detail. He talked about uh, Long Island. And I heard the, actually heard the actual prophecy last night on the internet. You can listen to it. And I heard, uh, he talked about Long Island. He talked about planes. He talked about an act of terrorism. He talked about, um, he talked about, and we will go after the, um, that man in the Middle East, that, that hooligan in the Middle East, you know. He, he prophesied all of that five years before. But the problem is the church doesn't believe the prophets. See, 911 could have been stopped. Oklahoma City could have been stopped. But we don't believe the prophets when they tell us something. And so we, the Bible says that you don't get blessed if you don't believe the prophets. So we have to believe the prophets even when we don't understand all they say. And I know when I listened to Brother Oral the first day, my mind was just swimming. I'm like, oh, I, I just couldn't get a hold of it all. And so I, we li I listened to it again. That was the beauty of having it recorded is I listened to it again and, um, you know, heard things I didn't hear before and all of it. And, you know, besides and, and heard things right, because when you first hear something, your mind starts jumping to conclusions like, oh, I wonder if it's this or I wonder if it's that. And my mind began to jump to conclusions. And so we went back and listened to it. Hallelujah. And, you know, things that we've known, but. And just brought into clarity because we've known that uh, that uh, things were going to happen. We've known there's going to be a great influx into the church, uh, into the churches. Hallelujah! We've prayed those things. We've believed those things. We've known those things were coming. Hallelujah! And that the body of Christ is the body of Christ is is, uh, is glorious. The church has never been in a more glorious place, and it's getting more glorious. Amen. And so the this is something that the you know I saw all Lord all week for messages. I wrote down all sorts of ideas for messages. I even worked out part of a page of several messages. So I've got several messages going that I can work on at a later date. But this is the only message God would let me have this week. The only one he would give me more than a couple of sentences on. <laughs> you know, I would get a couple of ideas and go a sentence or two. And that is the 10 benefits of the tithe. And I didn't get this from anybody. I got it from the Holy Ghost, the 10 benefits of the tithe. Because it's very important in these last days and what we're facing and even the things we'll see tonight and very important to be a tither. Even when we were faced with a hurricane a couple of weeks ago, one of the things Pastor and I began to say in our hearts over and over, or say out loud over and over, is we said, uh, uh, we're tithers and the devourers rebuked for our sake. Amen? And I tell you, it was amazing, wasn't it, James, to watch the hurricane because, see, we had spent this summer speak, preaching to y'all on the believer's authority, and y'all believed it, and y'all took it to heart, and y'all were speaking. 
And it wasn't just me and pastor speaking. Y'all were speaking. You were speaking to your property and you were speaking to our county. And I tell you that hurricane, it would come to the, it come right up to us and it'd have to, uh, the band would go around. They'd tell us it was fixing to, it couldn't even rain hardly, could it? It was just, I mean, I tell you, it was, uh, it was amazing to watch the prayer. And we could watch on the radar the prayers of the saints. We literally could watch more than the prayers of the saints. We could watch the authority of the saints because we know we're not just to pray about storms, we're to speak to them. Amen. God has given the authority to us in the earth. And so it's very important to be a tither in, uh, in these last days. And you are. I want to say, you know, there's bad national statistics when it comes to tithing the, uh, where Christians are concerned. What is it? Does anybody know? I mean, it's less than 10%, I think now, of the whole body of Christ that tithes. Can you imagine what God could get done in the earth if he had the holy tithe from the people that call themselves Christians. I know I saw a bull, I don't like church billboards. We're anti-church billboard. I, I don't even like this one out here. If I had my way, we'd cut it off. It is a thorn in my flesh. I can't stand it when we leave the same thing up every week, but I can't stand to try to think of something to put on it, you know, and I'm always like, well, that's condemnation. Don't want to say that. I told, uh, uh, I told pastor say, uh, I wanted to say something like, um, come early, come late, just come or something. Hallelujah. I, I don't know. Just, you know, I just don't like church signs in general. I mean, you know, and, and I don't like condemnation on church signs. I don't like unbelief on church signs. And I don't like, uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. I don't know. I guess I just don't like them. But I saw one this week that I didn't mind too much and I kindly agreed with. And it said, uh, and it said, you probably saw it. It's here in town. You can drive all over town if you want to and find it. I'm not going to tell you where it's at. But anyway, it said something like, if you don't have faith to come to church, probably don't have faith to go to heaven. And I thought, you know, that's exactly the truth. I mean, a lot of people are walking around calling themselves Christians, but they don't even have faith to go to church. They probably don't have, they probably really don't have faith. They're probably saved because grandma said they were or something like that. Because people that have faith to believe that they're really going to heaven, they, they really believe in God, surely have the faith to go to church. And you know what? I'll tell you something. You need to, you ought to have faith to tithe too. Now, there's 10 benefits of tithing. I've got a whole nother sermon on the, all the, the background of tithing and, and all that, but I'm not even going there this morning. Your tithers, I want you to know, most of you are tithers. I don't know about all of you because I don't know all of you, but uh, don't know all the details of your life, but I, I know a great percentage of this church that we beat the national statistics. Pastor says that. We beat the national averages way up. We whip them up bad. And so, uh, but thank God uh, for that. And, um, uh, praise God. Thank God for the tithe. But I wanted to give you some things that will not only bless you, but will help you release your faith. You know, if we're going to do this, we might ought to know what the benefits are. Isn't that the truth? Don't you think we ought to know what the benefits of tithing are? If we're going to do it, a lot of Christians are tithing, don't even know there are any benefits to it. They're just saying, well, God said to, so I'll do it. But they don't know they're supposed to be getting something out of this. Hallelujah. Number one that I, and, and some of these I just went to the word and I just dug them out, but some of them have come to me from just observation as I've observed the benefits of tithing in my own life and in other people's lives. Number one is confidence before God. I have noticed that people that tithe have a confidence when they have to go before God that you just don't have if you're not a tither. 
that when the rubber meets the road and the crisis is there, that people that are tithers have a confidence about them. When they go to the throne room of grace, they have a confidence that they're going to be heard and they're going to be answered. There's a confidence that's, that there's a there's a confidence that tithing puts in you that nothing else does. Turn to First John chapter three, verse twenty-one. Hallelujah! Confidence before God. I believe this message this morning has everything to do with the prophetic uh, vision that Brother Oral has. That I believe it ties in. I believe God wants you in a place. Uh, he He wants you in a place for these end times. He wants you in a place where He can bless you. He wants you in a place where He can protect you. He wants you in a place where He where He you can hear Him, and He and that you will listen to Him. He wants you in a place where uh, He can use you. Hallelujah. First John chapter three verse twenty one says, "Beloved, if our heart condemn us not." then have we confidence toward God. Well, we could turn that around and we know that if our heart's condemning us for anything, whether it be I'm not tithing or whatever, uh, 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 then we don't have the confidence that we need before God. I can tell you this is true. Now, Pastor and I have been tithers. When we were Baptist, we were never taught to tithe. They didn't like to talk about that in our church. But as soon as we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, immediately there was just a knowing in our heart. There's a lot of things God didn't have to teach us when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. We just knew. It was just all of a sudden we knew. And so we knew the tithing was right and we began to tithe immediately and that was in 1980. And uh, it was hard as a farmer to tithe and, and Jim and some that are businessmen would understand this because you can't ever figure out what you made and usually didn't make nothing when we were farmers. And so, hallelujah, I mean, as far as really saying, oh, here it is, we made this much. But, you know, by just listening to the Holy Spirit, you have to be led by the Spirit in those circumstances. It's easy if you work a job to know how much you made that month, but when you have a business it's harder and so we struggled with that some knowing how much to tithe but but we began to endeavor to diligently tithe and we did that but uh, as pastors of a church when we first began to pastor the church well we thought well we need to tithe as a church too and so our church needs to tithe and so we did tithe but then we heard other people say well you know that doesn't say that in the word and churches don't need to tithe and so we struggled with that but I noticed something and so there was year, there was a few years in there where as a church, uh, when we were pastoring, that we did not, uh, tithe as a church. We would give offerings to ministries and stuff, but we did not tithe as a church. Now we were tithing personally, but we did not tithe as a church. And I noticed in those years, and this is finally what brought me to it before I ever found it in the Word. You know, actually I found it in the Word later. But I had never found it in the Word, nobody. And I'd had people, I'd had good ministers of God that I trusted. Some of them you'd recognize their name, say that's not necessary. And then other people say that is. And so it was kind of like, and uh, we were pro we were in a financial, it was all, it was stretched financially. So that's always a good opportunity to believe the ones that say that's not necessary, you know. And so uh, that was a good opportunity to go that route. And so we didn't tithe for a couple of years. But I noticed in those years, I never had confidence towards God. When I would go to believe God to bless the church financially and to ask Him for the finances that the church needed, I didn't have confidence. It undermined my confidence. And so finally, I, Pastor and I just discussed it and we said, I, we don't know in the Word whether you're supposed to or not, but we're going to tie it from the church because it gives us confidence. 
then we can approach God. We can ask God for the things this church needs. So we take 10% out of the offering. Every time the offerings come in, uh, and, and we've been doing this for many years now, but when the offerings come in, we multiply it by t- all tithes and offerings. When tithes and offerings come in, we multiply it by 10% and we send it to ministries, other ministries. We send it to uh, Brother Copeland. We send it to Andrew Womack. We send it to whoever God leads us there right at that time. We've sent some to Pastor Buzzy. We've sent some to... Well, sometimes if we have a speaker that's come and we didn't give them all we wanted to, later we'll send them something, you know, from the tithe. Or some somebody like Joe Morse is going to a foreign country. Well, we will send them from the tithe. In the Amplified Bible, in Psalm 91.2, you don't have to turn there because I'll read it from the Amplified. It says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. Man, we need confidence but toward God. And you know, right now, in this hour, in this time that we live in, uh, we have to say of the Lord, He's my refuge and He's my fortress. We don't know what's coming. You know, and I think sometimes we could have a false security here in little Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, who would want, who would want to do anything bad here? But I'm telling you, the devil's everywhere. The devil's everywhere. And so we have to have a refuge. We have to have a fortress. I was driving down Skyland, uh, um, Friday, Thursday, Tuesday sometime and uh, I think it was Tuesday and uh, I was in a hurry I was late and uh, and I and man I was I was pushing it you know I'd been pushing it all the way just pushing it as hard as I could because I was late for an appointment and I was pushing it and I'm in the left lane and wham in the right lane there's a wreck right beside me it would have been so easy for the car it, to, to, to swerve into my lane in fact it went to that way instead of to my way but I had a refuge I had a fortress I and you know what I need a I have to lean on him I have to rely on him but I have to have a confidence and one of the things that gives a believer more confidence than anything is to be a tither number two Number two benefit of tithing is I believe that tithing is one of the only, if not the only, sign of lordship in the earth today. I know you can say you're a Christian. I know you can go through the motions uh, uh, <clears throat> that Christians go through. I mean, I've heard people that were as lost as they could be, living like the devil that could quote more scripture than I could. I know pastor went to uh, minister, pastors in Cottondale, by the way, for those of you who don't know, we're one church, two locations. And uh, so anyway, but pastor went, uh, when we were little Baptists, he went and door knocking for the Lord with the, you know, they want you to do that visitation on Thursday night. And we went door knocking to the Lord. Boy, there was a man in our town. He is backslid. He was an adulterer. He was everything. He was, he was all, and in our town, you know, everybody knew everything. We all knew all that. But boy, I tell you, he could quote the scripture. Woo! He could quote scripture. So you can quote scripture, you can do anything you want to. Hallelujah. But there's really a sign of lordship in the earth today. And I believe it's not coming to church. You can come to church and Jesus not really be Lord of your life. It's hard to tithe and not make Jesus Lord. It's hard to be a consistent tither and Jesus not really be Lord. Matthew 6 verse 21 says... You can turn there if you want to, but I'll just tell you. It says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When our treasure, our money is going into the hand of God, our heart's there. He's He he really is Lord. When we get where we make Him Lord over our finances, He that He's Lord. It's like that's the last straw. Amen? And so it's a it's a 
It's a sign of lordship. Not only to Him that you say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I trust you. I rely on you. I believe your word. And I would rather do without my daily bread than to take anything from your hand. Number three, a third benefit of tithing. Tithers have peace in the midst of the storm. Why? Because Malachi, turn to Malachi. You know, Malachi is famous tithing. Malachi chapter 3 is famous for tithing, isn't it? But uh, I want us to just look at benefits out of the Malachi chapter 3. And we'll look this morning at uh, verse 11, first of all. And he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes if you're a tither. It's his promise to tithers. He's made a promise to tithers that he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Hallelujah. Now that doesn't mean we don't need to stand up and take our believer authority. But I tell you, it's nice to have somebody watching our backside. That if we don't see something, the devourer is rebuked for our sake. Hallelujah. And he rebukes the devourer for our sake. And so whether it's a hurricane or whether it's a recession... Tithers have peace in the storm. I've heard that in the Great Depression, I've heard testimony that the tithers prospered. That tithers prospered during the Depression. Hallelujah. Uh, in uh, Psalm 91, verse 8, a very interesting, you know, Psalm 91 is our, we read that, I know I read it not every day, but many days I read Psalm 91. And I especially do, sometimes I'll just be getting ready for work and I've already prayed, I've already read my Bible, but I hadn't done Psalm 91 and I'll just have, be quickened in my heart. You need to go speak Psalm 91. I'll take the time to go do that. Be led by the Spirit and get under the, uh, and you know, we just have, we have evil things all around us. And, uh, and I, I just, I, 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 there's a place we can walk in Him. In Psalm 91, at verse 8, it says, Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. And so it can be all around us. It can be surrounding us, but there's a peace that comes in our lives when we're tithers. And we know that, 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 that we have done our part for the, the, the to, to demonstrate covenant with God. With our tithe, we say, God, I recognize the covenant and I'm entering into that covenant with you and I recognize you that you're my provider, that you're my protection. And, uh, and so I have a peace when the storm comes. And you know, if a storm's coming, if brother oral, if that, I don't know what this, you know, you can tonight, we'll get more into it, but I don't, we don't, you know, really, we, it, we don't know. We know it's a sign. He said it was a sign. We don't know if it's a, if it's destruction or if it's, uh, you know, a cross, a cloud cross going to be made in the heavens. The whole world's going to see. Hallelujah. We don't know what it is. We can't even figure out with our minds what it is. We just have to be ready. We can be ready without knowing what it is. And so we don't know what's coming. But if no matter what's coming, we'll have peace in the midst of the storm. We'll know the devourer is rebuked for our sake. We'll know that God will make a way for us. We'll be secure. Hallelujah. We know we'll eat. And if we don't eat a few days, we can all stand it. Hallelujah. 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 No, I'm just kidding. No, we'll eat. We'll drink. Amen. Because the devourer is rebuked for our sake. Number four. The number four benefit of tithing is guaranteed and protected ability to bear fruit. Malachi chapter 3 verse 11. He guarantees and protects your ability to bear fruit. 
He said, uh, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. You have, because you're a tither, you have a guaranteed, protected by God ability to bear fruit in this earth. Our fruit cannot be destroyed by the enemy. The fruits of our hands cannot be destroyed by the enemy. Our labor cannot be destroyed by the enemy. Like we talked about earlier, even when you looks like you lost, you still won. Amen. Even when it looks like you failed, you still come out on top a winner. Hallelujah. Even when, I tell you, even when uh, the, the, someone's killed or someone dies, don't tell me they lost when they went to heaven. Don't tell me they're a loser because they're in heaven. They just won sooner than you did. Amen. Not that we all won't know we want to finish our course, but hallelujah, they're winners. So we have a guaranteed and protected ability to bear fruit, the fruit of our bodies, the fruit of our bodies. We, our bodies, we have a guarantee that our bodies will bear good fruit. That doesn't even, that doesn't just mean child, childbearing. It does mean that, but it all, you know, I'm not going to bear any cancers. I'm not bearing that kind of fruit in my body. Hallelujah. Start releasing your faith in that. The fruit of the gifts of the Spirit God has placed within us. You have a guaranteed promise that the gift God has placed in you, if you'll get up and use it for God, it will bear fruit. And that, but that guarantee and you, it is protected. Psalm 92, uh, verse, uh, I want to read verse 13 and 14 to you. It says, uh, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. They bring forth fruit. No better, no better way to get planted in the house of a house of God than to tithe. Even the pastors that smart. I mean, even if you don't ever fill out a membership application, you come and bring your tithe here. He thinks you're planted. Hallelujah. He thinks you're planted. Hallelujah. And so get planted in the house of God. Get planted in the plans of God. Hallelujah. And you have a guaranteed ability to bear fruit. Number five, the ten benefits of the tithe is you are guaranteed spiritual meat to eat. You are guaranteed spiritual meat to eat. Look in verse 10 of Malachi chapter 3. You ought to just keep your finger in Malachi 3. I need a bookmark or something so I don't lose it when I go around. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. And so there's guaranteed spiritual meat for you to eat. Christians that don't tithe don't ever get to the meat of the Word of God. Now, I've watched this from experience. Um, even if they're in church where meat is being fed, the meat eludes them. The meat just goes over their head. They never get past the milk in their understanding because God reserves the meat for the tithers. And you know what? And I can say this without one qualm. I've never seen a mature Christian that didn't tithe. I've never seen a mature committed Christian, a committed Christian that didn't tithe. That was fully committed. I've never seen. I've seen people play around and, and everything, but I've never seen it happen. 
And one of the reasons that you don't ever mature, you don't ever grow up, is because you'll never get to the meat if you're not a tither. You'll have the milk of the word. You'll have, you know, and I'm not saying you won't see blessings. Hallelujah. You know, see, you can, when you're not a tither and you're sitting in a church amongst a bunch of tithers, you can get a slopped over blessing. Y'all know about the slopped over blessing. I know Brother Hagin, they's having a... Uh, revival one time when he was the pastor he tells this on a tape and he had there was a man in the church and a man and a wife and the wife she came to every revival meeting but the man you know he came to one then he had missed four because when they had now back in brother Hagin's day when they had revival they're talking six weeks you know a lot of times you know we, but think about it there was no cable there's nothing to do People go to church. There's nothing to do. There's nothing, you know. And so, hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, maybe that would help. But anyway, um, uh, hallelujah. So, but this man, he just come off and on and everything. And so one of the last nights, he showed up. And so they're having kind of testimony service, and more people had gotten blessed in this revival. People gotten their lives changed. And, and you know, there was just a, the, the Spirit of God was moving all over the whole congregation. And people were just jumping up and testifying of the goodness of God. And the man sitting right beside him just jumped up and testified of the goodness of God and what God had done in his life. And when he sat down, the man that had not come, but just maybe two, two or three times, uh, he jumped up and started testifying what God had done in his life. And Pastor Brother Hagin, Pastor Hagin, I guess at that time, Brother Hagin said, sit down. Sit down. I said, you, don't, you didn't get blessed. All you got was the slopped over blessing. And so some Christians are being, they're in a delusion because they're getting a little blessing from yours. They're getting a slopped over blessing. And they're thinking that they're walking in safety, that they're walking, but they're not. Because you don't mature, you don't get spiritual meat unless you're the tither. God, God, you know, God's more of a stickler than we've thought. He's more of a, and, and I tell you what, he, 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 you know, they have special, you know, even in the world, there's special benefits for certain kind of people. I was watching on the travel channel the other day about there's this certain credit card that only certain people can get. And he, they said, you ain't even ever seen one. I'm like, well, where do they use them? Probably not at Walmart, honey. That's why, that's why you had never seen it. They only use it at places like Neiman's and stuff like that, you know, Neiman Marcus. Hallelujah. But anyway, and that's how God is. We're, we're tithers, and I want you to know this about yourself. I want you to know because you're a tither, you are something special, and you have a special credit card. You have a special card that you can pull out and use in emergency situations. And they said on the TV that there was absolutely no limit to this card if you paid your bill. You know, I, I'm sure they, they jerk it back if you don't. But there is no limit in that. There's n and we have, special, we, are, we're, we have a special place in God. See, we've thought in the body of Christ, oh, everybody's the same. God just loves all his children the same. He does love them all the same, and he don't bless them all the same. Wake up and look around. Hallelujah. He doesn't bless all his children the same. He don't bless the ones that are living with one foot in the world, one foot in the church, the same as he blesses those that are committed and sold out and are and Jesus is Lord of their lives. Yeah. Amen. I know one time I was talking to Colin on the phone when he was at Ramah, and we were talking about moving to Tus not to Tuscaloosa, but to Alabama, and we were talking about what God was doing in our and you know, we were praying about that and talking it out, and I said something about, well, we'll have the money to do that or something, because I'm God's favorite. And he said, and he was young, and he said, well, I didn't think God had any favorites. I said, well, 
He does. He does. He, I said, he, God, is, he is a respecter. Uh, he, he's not a respecter of persons, but he, is a, he shows special favoritism to those that walk by faith. And I said, I'm in faith. And that puts me in a different class. That puts me in a different that puts me in a different realm. I'm telling you, I'm not walking in the same realm as every Christian. And you aren't either. And I don't mean that we should go around and have our nose in the air. We're not talking about that. But when it comes to approaching God, we should have an attitude of, I've got a card. I've got a special card. I'm in faith and I'm a tither. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number six. <clears throat> Now this is this should be enough if I just gave you this one right here. Tithers have the blessing of Almighty God on their lives. And that's what he said in uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. He said, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And we say, well, Debbie, what is that blessing? I'm not sure what all that blessing entails. That doesn't matter. I'm blessed and you're blessed. We have a blessing on us and a blessing is a blessing and a blessing will get you there. Amen. Amen. And so we don't have to, well, is that money? I don't know. It probably is sometimes. Is that a spiritual blessing? I don't know, but I know one thing. When God gives you a spiritual blessing, it'll get you to the next finance. It'll get you what you need. Hallelujah. A word from heaven is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Hallelujah. And so verse 12, he says, And all nations shall call you blessed. This has got to be a pretty big blessing because the nations means the heathen are going to call you blessed. The heathen in Tuscaloosa County are going to call you blessed when you're a tither. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. No matter what your job or income level, if you're a tither, you have the blessing of Almighty God on you. You don't have to envy anybody. You don't have to worry, well, you know, I don't have a job at IBM. I don't have a job at wherever. I, I, you got the blessing of Almighty God on you. You've got the good hand of God on you. That's all that matters. No matter what your educational ability, I don't care if you didn't go to third grade. If you're a tither, you've got the blessing of God on you. And I don't care if you've got four PhDs. If you're not, I feel sorry for you. Amen. So no matter what you're gifting, I don't care if you can't play the piano like Kevin. I don't care if you don't think you have a gift. You still are blessed. But you do have a gift, but you still are blessed. Tithers have the good hand of God upon them in a way that no other group of people on earth do. There is no people on earth like a tither. Man, there's no people on earth like Christians, but then there's another, there's another segment, honey. There's another place. There's another, there's another level, and it's the tither. Hallelujah. You know, you say, well, I don't think it, it doesn't show up that much. You just wait. I like what Brother Cap says. He said he likened the end times to a triangle. And when you're down at, you know, a ba a, the base of the triangle is pretty wide. And you know, for many years now, you couldn't tell much difference in Christians in the world, you know, as far as blessings. Not a lot. 
we have a peace they don't have, but if you just looked on the outside. Um, and uh, Christians, even within the church, the tithers and the non-tithers, you couldn't necessarily point them out. Although there's some hints if you're watching. If you're watching, there is. But we're just sometimes we just choose not to see that. And we just try to say, oh, there's another reason for that. No, there's a reason. And hallelujah. But anyway... So the end times, it's like a triangle. And as you move up the sides of that triangle, what happens? It's getting narrower. It's getting narrower. It's getting smaller. You watch. You wait. It's going to show up on you so big. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> glory to God. Number seven, tithing is a sign of covenant to the New Testament believer. You know, we don't have any other real sign of covenant. You can't tell when somebody gets born again. You can't tell by looking. I mean, sometimes there may be a happy glow on their face. But overall, generally, you can't tell when somebody's born again. You And you know what? I tell you what. There used to be in the Old Covenant the sign of circumcision. That proved you were in covenant to God. When you're, you, the, the sign of circumcision. But now, in the New Testament, you know what? That tithing is a sign of covenant. And every time I pray, and especially when I go to believe God for something, especially when I'm in a trial, when I'm, when things are tight or when things are, you know, things are, uh, there's pressure. That's what pastor calls it. It's pressure from the world. When there's pressure on you and I go to pray and I'm faced with a trial, my tithe reminds me that I am in covenant with Almighty God. Hallelujah. And I have proof that I've tithed. I have proof that I've honored Him. I have proof that I've believed Him. I have proof that He's my Lord. And I know that's not all the proof of Lordship. There's other things that we, that we do, but I tell you, it's the main one. And it's the main thing that, that, that reminds you of covenant, that you have a covenant with God. Number eight, the eighth benefit of tithing. Tithers are under an open heaven. And that's what Malachi 3.10 says. It says, uh, Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. Tithers are under an open heaven. Now you know what? We may, know not, may not know what all that means. I don't really know what all that means, having an open heaven over me. But I do know one thing for sure. I, th I'm smart enough to figure this out. Is that... It's better to be under an open heaven than a closed one. And that I don't really have to understand all an open heaven means and everything that's going to come out through that open heaven, but I can guarantee you a closed heaven is not good. And tithers are guaranteed an open heaven, and they're the only people in the Bible that are ever told they will have an open heaven is tithers. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I personally believe that this means, an open heaven means, that everything heaven has to offer is available to me in this life. I believe I've got that card. Hallelujah. I've got that card. And it's better than... And you know, uh, concerning this card I heard about on the Travel Channel, American Express has one of these elite cards, and Visa has one, and MasterCard has one. They all have their little elite card. And with that card, anything is at your disposal. Anything. If you've got that card, I mean, if you, that, that they showed this guy and he just got on the phone. He said, I'd like a limousine at uh, so and so time tomorrow. And so he got in the limo, him and his wife, 
and they went to this directly up to San Francisco up in the wine country and they took him to this specialty restaurant that the waiting list is three months and he decided that morning he was going to go but the waiting list is three months to to get in this restaurant and guess what he got a seat in that restaurant and not only that he got he got the owner specific attention from the owner and he got uh, uh, a tour of the place and, and I'm, I don't know what all he tasted their best wines I don't know what all glory to God because he had the card and you got the card with almighty God and you can taste his best wine you can taste his best wine and you can have I, I tell you what he'll usher you right in he'll usher you right in Hallelujah. Everything in heaven is at your disposal because you're a tither. Everything heaven, heaven has. God will not withhold anything from them that walk uprightly. That's what the Bible says. Number nine, benefit of tithing. Tithing delivers us from self-idolatry. The Christian who doesn't tithe trusts in himself more than God. He trusts in his own ability to provide for himself. I can tell you, the Christian doesn't tie this up a creek without a paddle. But he trusts in his own ability to provide for himself more than God. He trusts in his own ability to protect himself. You can say all day, I'm trusting God to protect me. But you're not. If you can't trust him with the tithe, if you can't trust him to bring 10% and somehow you eat that month and you pay your bills. I've heard testimonies all week from y'all and from some other people too about how there was no way to pay the bills. There was no way and somehow you did. There was no way and you did. Why? Because you're a tither. Hallelujah. Did you know that the, uh, that the Christian who doesn't tithe whether he knows it or not, or she knows it or not, I don't want to pick on men, he knows it or not, or she knows it or not, they're like a little rebellious child saying, I can do it myself. 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 When you tithe, you're saying, God, I trust you. I need you. I refuse to lean on my human understanding. I refuse to lean on my strength. And yeah, we may cook beans and eat beans and tortillas for a while. You know, sometimes to get started tithing, you don't see that blessing the first week, do you? Everybody in here knows that. Say amen. Hallelujah. You don't always see it immediately. You know, it, 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 it takes, you got to get the ball rolling. And you may have to eat beans and tortillas. It won't hurt you. Hallelujah. It won't hurt you. I, I tell you, invite me over. I like red beans and cornbread. Hallelujah. Red beans and cornbread are so much superior than baked beans. So much above. Hallelujah. Huh. I was raised on red beans and cornbread. And please don't, don't make them thick. Could make them juicy and make the juice thin. I don't want them three days old. I want that. My mom, she was a working mom. She came home from school. She went work to school and she put her beans in a pressure cooker and cooked them in one hour and that juice was thin and runny. I like them. I don't like them the next day. Hallelujah. So we want a fresh pot of beans every day. Hallelujah. So I don't want to be my own God. I don't want to be in control. I don't want to be figuring it all out, y'all. I done figured out I'm not smart enough. I'm not quick enough. 
I'm not on top of it enough. I need God. Number 10, benefit of tithing. In tithing, we demonstrate our faith to God and to those around us. In James chapter 2, verse 20, he says, let's turn there. James chapter 2, verse 20. I'm there. Are you? Hallelujah. Glory. He said, but wilt thou know, O man, that faith without works is dead? You can say you got faith all day long, but faith without works is dead. You know, that might explain. You know, Barna, George Barna, the big uh, guy that does all the research and surveys and he knows all the statistics, says that less than 10% of all Christians are tithing. That might explain why a lot of Christians are dead. Because faith without works is dead. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you tithe, see it's one thing, see he said it wasn't enough to just believe God exists. you got to believe he's a rewarder. And one thing about it, when you tithe, you couldn't take 10% and give it if you didn't believe God's going to reward this. And that shows that you've got faith because you don't just believe He is. But it's certain that you believe He is when you tithe. It's certain you believe He is. Hallelujah. And it's certain that you believe that He, not only He exists, but you believe He is a rewarder. That I may not know how He's going to reward it. I may not know exactly what I'm going to get for tithing, but somehow, some way, God's going to reward me. The blessing of God's going to be on my life because I do this. And I'll have confidence. I'll be able to lay down and sleep at night with confidence. Hallelujah. I'll have confidence when I pray. Boy, pity the man or woman who doesn't have, who goes to the Lord and beseeches the Lord and prays to the Lord but has no confidence that anything's changing or anything's happening or that God even hears. Pity the man or woman that doesn't have confidence. But tithing gives you confidence. And he says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it's not enough just to believe God exists. We must believe he's a rewarder. And I want to tell you something. It says diligently seek him. Let's face it, it takes diligence to tithe. It is a form of diligence. It, it, it takes diligence to tithe. Those that diligently tithe, seek him get rewarded. We get rewarded. I'm telling you what. I believe God has a blessing even on this church because we're beating the national statistics, the national averages. I believe because that's a, there's a unity to that. The Bible says that in Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, uh, well, let's just go there. Psalm 133, verse 1. We'll be closing down with this, but... He says, Behold, and how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even the Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, the commanded blessing, hallelujah, even life forevermore. And you know, because we've, we, because we're like-minded, because we're tithers, because we're in agreement, and hallelujah, I believe, and you know, it's not a hundred percent agreement, I'll tell you that, but it's, it, it's a high percentage, and because the percentage 
which is probably higher than, than most churches in this town, I'll tell you honestly. And you know, you say, well, that's because it's a, one of the smallest churches is in this town. Well, hallelujah, I'd rather be small and blessed than big and cursed. Hallelujah. But I don't think we have to choose that. Hallelujah. I don't want Ichabod written on the, you know, <laughs> oh, we're big, but we got Ichabod on our door. Hallelujah. I'm not saying everybody's big does. Don't take that wrong. But I'm just saying there can be some blessings there for being even in unity, having a group small enough to come into unity. And so, you know, we're not believing to stay there. We're believing for more and more. We're believing for th that closeness, that, that, that sitting side by side. I'm, I'm just look. I want to sit by Eric. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, I called him. Uh, he hasn't called me all week. Don't y'all feel bad about that? I asked him this morning, did you move from Tuscaloosa? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He thinks he's grown. Hallelujah. He thinks he's grown. Anyway, hallelujah. I want to sit, I want to sit close in church. Amen. Hallelujah. But, um, I believe there's a commanded blessing. I believe we walk under a special blessing as a church because we're beating the statistics. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Glory. What are you going to do? What are you going to decide? Praise God if you already tithe. Start releasing your faith. In